this just how like we were in prayer not too long ago and you were asking God to fill you with this Holy Spirit this is the part where you continue that right back where you started asking him God we ask for your fire in this place God we ask for your spirit God to begin to fill us Lord God God you look down from heaven God and you see the cries God you see you see the desire in our hearts, God, and you say for those who are hunger and thirst, God, that you will fill them up, God. And that's why we come here, and that's why we're saying this song, Lord God, because we believe that you can fill us up, God. Fill me up, God. Lord Jesus. 
that you would fill them up with your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, to overflowing, Lord God, that they would sense you, Lord Jesus, that they would sense you not just emotionally and physically tonight, Lord God, but spiritually, Lord God, in every way, Lord God, in every way, Lord God, that you would fill them up, Lord Jesus. Fill them up, Lord. Let's sing this chorus one more time, and I want you to cry out to God. I want you to cry for his presence. Sometimes when God feels far from us, it's not because he's left us. It's not because it's, he's abandoned us. It's because we've walked away from him. Tonight, you need to turn your eyes back towards God and, and pray for him to fill you up to go after him, to seek him, to fall in love with him. And as we sing this chorus one more time, go deeper. Ask him to fill you up. Expect him to fill you up tonight. Fill me up, God. you would fill us up with your love, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God, in, in, the, in the word, Lord Jesus, in the time of fellowship, Heavenly Father. We give this night to you. We dedicate it to you, Lord Jesus, and we say, Lord God, have your way and fill us up, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Remember, first two rows, guys. Fill them up. What's up, what's up, what's up? Elevate! Oh my gosh. What happened? What happened to y'all? 
I'm going for a weekend. Y'all can't even get the energy. Come on. Elevate. Elevate. What? What? I hear like half of y'all. I have to start over. I have to do this one more time. All y'all got to be on the same page. Are y'all excited to be here tonight? All right. Come on. We're going to do this right. Elevate. Elevate. What? 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 All right, that's what I like. That's what I like. We're here at Elevate. We're here every Friday night at 7 p.m. And we have a vision here, which is loving God and loving people. Who knows what loving God means? Raise your hand. I ain't even going to explain it this time. I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask. Well, loving God means to worship God with passion and obey his commands. And who knows what loving people means? Man, none of y'all. Y'all come here and y'all don't know nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Loving people means to help in times of need and preach the gospel. Amen. And then we got a strategy on how we're going to do that. We're going to connect, mentor, and send. So we're going to connect you to the cross through our life groups. We're going to mentor you in our 101 and 201. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. Now we got, and, and then we got a goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. And we got two life groups. So these are going to explode. These are part of our vision. See, we got the ambassadors. There you go. Every first and third Saturday right here starts at 1 p.m. And then we got the resistance. And they, they ain't even got no dates or nothing. So I, I don't even know when they meet. They just don't exist. First and third Tuesday of the month. At what time? Six. Where? At the church. Come on, somebody. Make some noise. That's not a lot of noise, but it's okay. So we got something coming up super special. We got retro night costume party. Y'all need to get excited right now. Like, y'all need to be more excited than I am. I'm pretty excited. Can't you hear it in my voice? I'm pretty excited. Isaiah's excited. Come on, Isaiah. You excited. Woo! Which is March 24th here at the church at 7 p.m. So you're going to dress up in costumes. You're going you're gonna to wear old stuff. You're going to wear stuff from the 70s. Isaiah told me he's coming like a Civil War soldier or something. And we're going to get it popping. But right now, we got a special announcement. I'm going to hand the mic over to Carmen. All right, all right. So we had something very special take place a couple weeks ago on Sunday. Who knows what it is? What is it? Baptisms. Baptisms, homie. Okay. So what we have here is we have some certificates for some of the people who took that special step of baptism in front of everybody on Sunday. Let's give them all a hand. Come on. Oh, come on, everybody's clapping. Every Jay, when I say clap, you're supposed to clap, homie. There you go. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to call you up here to uh, recognize that you got baptized. We want to present you with this um, certificate of baptism, and then we're going to have you stay up here because we want to pray for you all, okay? And you do not have to hold your applause. You can applause after every single one of them because they took a big step, a big public step. Okay, girl, let me get there. Okay. Jesenia Juarez. Come on, girl. Cielo Juarez. We have Brandon. Is Brandon here tonight? Brandon, look. Come on, Brandon. Tiana. Where you at, girl? Where you at? Come on. Victor, come on, homie, let's go. Okay, and then we also had Jazzy and Xavier. Come on.
let's go. So we are proud of you guys, of the step that you took of baptism. We're going to present you with the certificates. Um, my husband is going to pray for you guys, though. Yes, God bless you guys. I want to look um, here. Let's switch. I'm going to go up here, and then you guys just look this way, all right? Uh, I first want to say congratulations, right? That is an awesome thing. You guys can give yourselves a round of applause unto the Lord, right? Um, this step right here, so you guys know and so they know, it represents their sincerity and their allegiance to Jesus Christ. That from this day forward, they have allegiance themselves to Christ and say, you know what? For the rest of my life, I am living the way Jesus Christ will have me to live in a relationship with him. Amen? So what we want to do, because we know the devil is a liar. How many people know the devil is a liar? Right? He comes to kill, steal, and what else? And destroy. So them giving their lives to Christ and then being baptized to a witness to the world and say, hey, I'm a Jesus freak now. I follow Jesus. The enemy looks at that and says, I'm getting them. And he begins to ride, you know, ride, uh, rise up his little soldiers to try to attack them to get them to mess up their testimony, okay? So what we want to do is pray over them that you guys continue to fight the good fight of faith and never give up, amen? And that's going to be our prayer right now. If we all can just bow our heads and uh, close your eyes, you could just uh, extend your hands this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for each and every youth here today, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we ask, Father God Almighty, that you would keep them, God. Anoint them, Lord God, with your blood, God Almighty. Anoint them and fill them up with your Holy Spirit, God, that for the rest of their lives, God, they will lean and depend upon you, Lord God, and that they would work out their salvation with fear and trembling, God, knowing that they belong to you and knowing you, God, personally, intimately, God, for the rest of their lives. God, going forward, preaching your word, spreading the gospel, God, and being a light and salt in this world. In Jesus' name, protect them, watch over them, Father God, and let them grow in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen and amen. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ. All right, you guys may be seated. God bless you guys. We love you, man. Woo, if everybody could stand to their feet for tithes and offerings. It ain't over yet. Y'all thought y'all could sit down. Not yet. All right, who knows what a tithe is without looking? Oh, Victor, the one, he just got baptized. He's feeling the Holy Spirit. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Holy Father. Oh, wow. All right. And who knows what an offering is? Jazzy, the other baptism. Anything you give after your tithe. Amen, amen. Make some noise. They got it right. They got baptized and they just felt it all over the place. Amen. What's our example for today? Oh, mystical Joe B. If there's an example. Okay. What's 10% of $1,624.50? It's only a quarter. What? What? Oh, Xavier? You got to come over here. I can't hear you, man. You got to get on this mic. All right. I'll come over there. I'll come over there. Here I come. Here I come. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. $162.45. Woo! Come on, somebody. He got that right. Y'all gotta make some noise. That's some he gave Victor said he gave an answer. I don't believe it. But let's bow our heads and pray. 
Hallelujah, Lord. We come in your name and we thank you for this time, Lord. We pray that your, uh, your ministry will be blessed by this tide, God, that it will be able to do bigger and better outreaches, God, all for your kingdom, all for reaching souls, God, that everyone in this place may be saved, Lord. I pray that your spirit will come in this place and bless this sermon, God, and anoint the lips of the pastor that is bringing the word, and it's in your mighty name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come forward as you give. somebody y'all excited to be here come on you know right now what I want to do is I want to take some time to bring up uh, TJ right now these remember last week we prayed for our SUMers who went out to go preach the gospel at Mardi Gras how many people remember that last week remember we prayed for that so now this week we want to receive the testimony of what God did out there and right now I'm gonna bring up here give it up for TJ right now come on hello guys uh, so, yeah, man, going out there um, was one of the best things that were amazing things. Um, actually seen two, uh, three people get saved out there, you know, gave their life to Jesus. Um, at first, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, me and my, my uh, partner didn't really get along, and, you know, we were, like, uh, iffy, iffy, like, didn't click. And But it's when, um, it's finally, it, it was when we finally got on the same page of preaching the gospel and telling people about Jesus Christ, telling that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. And um, it's, it, it was when we finally got on the same page when we finally seen somebody get saved. We finally saw salvation. And we finally, you know, got, when we finally got on the same page, everything clicked right. 
You know what I mean? It was amazing. And God was just doing amazing things out there, doing amazing things with all of us, all of our SUM students. And it was amazing. God was doing, and God, God, God gives the glory, you know. Amen. So. Let's give it up for Jesus. Praise God, man. God is good. Amen. Uh, right now, what I want to do is, well, first I want to take this off the screen. Yeah. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. So, so many awesome faces out here, man. Beautiful faces, handsome faces. Some people need to take showers. It's okay. We love you still. No, I'm just playing, man. But I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Anytime it's Elevate, I'm excited to be here, man. As a, um, if you guys didn't know this, apart from, you know, being a youth pastor, I actually work in an alternative high school. And um, at this alternative high school, it gets, you know, it gets a little bumpy rides over there. I love my students. I love my peeps. You know, they, they show me love themselves, man. But one thing that really breaks my heart is how lost a lot of them are. And the thing is, when I look at them, and I kid you not, I see you guys' faces. And it's like, man, what stops our youth from being like this, you know? And it's only one word. It's Jesus Christ. And right now, I was on my way to, uh, to work this morning and, you know, listening to uh, 90.1. And they were talking about how this day and age, you know, so many youth on Facebook Live now killing themselves and just, you know, expressing, you know, depression and all these other things and loneliness and all these other things, man. And it literally breaks my heart because that is the world in which we're living in. But this is the same world that we must impact with the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it is for that reason, man, we are in this very series for God so loved the world. Because we have a world out there who does not know anything about real love, let alone the one who is love, who is God Almighty. Amen. But praise God, we're able to be at a place like this. God called us out by name, and we're able to hear and come to know what, God loved, what God's love is for us. Amen. Making it personal, making it for us. So today, what I want you guys to do, I don't want you guys to think about, you know, I know I made that, uh, that, uh, that reference, you know, right now. But I want you guys not just to think about the whole world right now, right? And yes, God loves the whole world. He, he died for the whole world. But today, I want you guys to think about you. I want you guys to think about me. Somebody say this. Today, tonight, I'm going to think about me. Right? We got one radical person in the front named Victor, right? Got baptized and stuff last year. Praise God. But let's try this again, right? Tonight, I'm going to think about me. Right? Or he says, myself. And see, it's okay to think like that. Because sometimes we think, yes, man, God loves the world and he's helping the world. And then we forget, wait, God is able to love and help me too, personally. And sometimes we'll be quick to pray for somebody else. Lord, bless them, keep them, God, give them a raise, give them a car. And, and then after that, when it's time for you, it's like, oh, I'm not so worthy. I got nobody to pray for me. I'm all alone. And the thing is, at that moment, we must remember, wait a minute. If God be for me, who could be against me? I need to pray for myself. I kid you, last week on Sunday, I literally laid hands on myself. I'm not even lying to you. And I'm like, Lord, bless this brain. God, save me, clear my brain from all negativity, God, and the works of the enemy. I'm not even lying to you guys. And I'm like, Lord, save this person, right? Like, save me, Lord. You're like, help me, my mind, my thoughts, and things like that, my future, God. And I had to literally lay hands on myself. I kid you not. I had to lay hands on myself. And the thing is, right after that, I believed it, and God literally changed my mind. Amen? 
So God is able, man. And tonight, I want you guys to think about yourselves in the sense of what is God saying to me? Not what God is saying to my twin, Juarez, right? Hey, not what God is saying to the person on my left or my right or what God is saying to the pastor or to the leaders, but what is God trying to tell me today? That's what I want you guys to think about. Amen? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time, God. I thank you for this opportunity, this honor, God, to preach your word, God. I pray that you would use me right now, God. Give me the words to say that in this very hour, God, I will speak what you would have me to speak by the power of your Holy Spirit who lives in me, God. Lord, have your way. Speak to every youth here today, God. And I pray that today you would confirm that you love me, that you love them, God. Lord, have your way tonight, God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen. Praise God. Man, let's give it up for Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's sermon is called, We Can Know Love. So for God so loved that we can know love. And that word know is a know that comes from a personal relationship with somebody else. It's not the know that is like, hey, I'm acquainted with this person. I heard about Abraham Lincoln. I know of him a little some. You know, he did a little some in America. But you don't know Abraham Lincoln, like what made him laugh and, you know, what tickled him or, or what was his greatest fear. You didn't know Abraham Lincoln personally. You guys understand that? So, like, you could even say, like, some of you guys say, man, yeah, man, you know, I, I know Pastor Steve. I, I know him. But yet when I ask, okay, well, what's my favorite color? Well, I don't know that. Well, well what makes me mad? Well, I don't know that. Well, what makes me happy? Well, I don't know that either. I just know you preach and I listen to you and you know, I go from there and I come elevate. That's your, your Pastor Steve. I just, that's all I know. And see, that is not the know that we're talking about here. We're talking about the know that is personally acquainted and, and, and relational with that other individual. And today, tonight rather, we are going to learn that we can know love, capital L, the one who is love, the one who gives perfect love that we talked about last week. How many people were here last week? Right? You guys understand what happened last week, right? Did you guys receive that last week? Amen. Brian was like, yes. I took Brian home. He was giving me testimonies about what God was speaking to him in the, in the sermon and, and things that, you know, that fear gripped him with. But um, I believe that God is delivering him. Amen. And has delivered him. He just need to walk in it in Jesus' name. Amen. But today I want to open up with this verse. And the, and the Bible says in 1 John 4.19 that we love because he first loved us. You guys understand that? We love, let's say it on the count of three, let's all say it because I need you guys, I need this to kind of like stir your brains up, right? In the count of three, we're going to say we love because we first, you know, one, two, three. We love because he first loved us, right? How do we love God? Come on, say it, say it with some, you know, some, uh, because he first loved us. Come on, somebody, right? ISIS, how do we love ISIS, how do we love, man? Right? Because of what? Because he first loved us. Right? Give it up for ISIS, man. Sometimes you get a little shy. I love that girl, man. She's awesome. So the thing is, we have to understand the grounding and founding matter of love. 
the, the, the facts of love and the way it, it works is that we love because God, he, capital H, first loved us. So therefore, we cannot love ourselves, we cannot love others, let alone love God himself until we first realize and recognize and, and, um, and experience the love that first comes from God Almighty, our Father in heaven. Without that, we can never truly love in return. Do you guys understand that? We can never truly love our brother and sister in Christ. We can never really truly love our mother, our father, our brother, our sister, our aunts, our uncles. We can never truly love because we first must allow God's love to love us. And see, hear the words in this. We have to first allow God's love to love us first. See, there's a, an, there's a permission, if you will, that we must allow God to love us. It's not to say that God will, not, will no longer love you because you don't give him permission to love you. Because how many of you guys know that God even loves the atheists? God even loves the Satanists. God even loves the person that throws their middle finger at him and says, forget you, God. I hate you. And yet God responds by saying, I love you. Forgive him, for he not know what he does. That is what Jesus Christ said on the cross as they were crucifying him. Forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do. Ultimate love in action, loving them, even though they were hammering the nails in his hands and in his feet, putting the crown on his head, ripping out his beard, punching him in the face, spitting on our Lord. And yet he said, forgive them, for they not know what they do. We see the expression of the one who is love, loving a world who did not love him in return. So therefore, we must allow God permission to love us. And the way we do that is what we're going to talk about today and how we can know love by knowing first that God loved us. And so we went on a journey and been on a journey ever since we started this. And the first journey that we were on was that we, were, we learned that God gave, right? What did he give? His son. Who said that over here? Nathan, that was you? Oh, snap. Nathan, like, his son. He got all deep with it himself. His son. His son. Yes, man. His son, right? So, for God so loved, we heard how God loved us so much that he gave us his one and only son to die in our place and pay the penalty for our sin. And in that, that, that ultimate act of love, he showed that true love is one of choice and sacrifice. Both he exhibited in and through his son, Jesus. See, God the Father showed us what was real, true love by choosing to send his only son and then sacrificing his only son. And see, we see that same kind of love in his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That Jesus Christ, even though he knew what he was about to face, he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he could have said, you know what? Skip this. This is too much. Father, kill them all. I ain't doing this stuff. Forget that. I'm going back this way. I'm going to drink me some, some wine or eat some grapes. I'm just going to chill out with the disciples. And we're just going to hang out and eat some pig or some or, or just eat whatever we're going to eat. He could have said that. But right there and then, he was praying in the garden on his knees. Praying to the Father, he said that there was so much concern in him that he began to sweat blood itself, according to the Bible. He sweat blood, and he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And he went on ahead right after that. Judas betrayed him, and he chose. He could have called a legion of angels to come down and kill everybody. 
But instead, he chose in love to walk to that cross. And then after that, in love, he chose to sacrifice his own body for every single one of us in this place today and the whole world. True love exhibited in making a choice and a sacrifice. That is what true love is. And we heard that definition on the first week with the, uh, the sermon called He Gave. So then after that, we, see, we then seen that God so loved that nothing can separate us from his love. We had a worship conference after that. We praised God. Everybody in here experienced the love of God. How many people experienced the love of God? Right? People were like, man, it was so emotional. Man, it was so this. I saw people crying. People got saved. Um, where's she at? Where is it? Uh, K, K, T, oh, my goodness. Tiana. I was thinking of Kaylin or something. Tiana got saved that day, right? It was, it was the day of the worship, right? She got saved that day. Many other people got saved that day and rocked by the love of Jesus Christ and experiencing God's love. And so after that, we had the, um, the next sermon title was Nothing Can Separate Us From His Love. That no matter what comes against us or what we may find ourselves going through, whether life or death, Angels or demons, persecution, present or future, height nor depth, nor anything in all, somebody say all, all, all creation, including and especially sin. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And God showed us that God's love is unconditional. And that only we can separate ourselves from the love of God by believing the lies of the devil that God does not love us for whatever reason. And it is from these truths and more about God's love for us that we begin to love God because he first loved us. Amen. We begin to see and recognize how much God loves us. And in return, we begin to start loving God in return. Right? How many of us start already feeling that? How many of us have responded to that even in this room since we've been doing this series? Like, man, Steve, I can honestly say I've been loving God in return. Like, for whatever reason, man, I just, I don't want to curse anymore. For whatever reason, I just don't want to do bad. It's not to say that I don't do it. I slip, I fall, I do these things. But, but I have a desire to love God and love him by my actions. How many people can honestly say that? Since they started this series or even coming to elevate themselves. How many people? Right? We got some people that are scared, like, dude, I'm just going to raise my hand this much because I've only been doing it halfway. Be confident, like, dude, like, legit, I've been loving on God in return. How many people can actually say this? Raise your hand. Don't be scared. I'm not going to throw the Bible at you like, dude, do it more. Boom. Not going to do that, right? But praise God. There's people in here in this place that is experiencing the love of God. We had one of the warriors, Sister Cielo. Where's she at? Cielo. When she went on ahead and got baptized on that Sunday, her testimony was the fact that she experienced the love of God. Am I right or wrong? Right? She experienced the love of God and returned. She started loving God in return as she kept the commandment to get baptized on that Sunday. And she got baptized, and today she's baptized. Amen? Let's give it up for Cielo, man, in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord, man. And see, so therefore, we love because God first loved us. And therefore, it is vital that we come to know, know personally that the love of, know personally the love of God. And the question then is, how can we know love? See, because even though we said these things, even though we've been going through this series week after week after week, the question still remains, even though I gave you the scripture and it says, man, we love because God first loved us. For many of us, it still goes right over our head. Well, Pastor Steve, can you still tell me, how do I love God? 
How do I do it? Then? How do I actually do it? How do I actually experience the love of God? See, because experiencing the love of God is allowing us the ability to know love, literally. It's not just something that happens on Friday. It's not just something that come on Sunday and it's like, man, no, I feel the love of God. I'm experiencing, hey, man, I love you. Let me give you a hug. And we hug everybody. And we're loving everybody, hugging on everybody. But then comes Monday. You're back in school. You got an A day or a B day, whatever y'all call it, right? You got period one. What is it, like A day, B day? Ooh, you know, my son knows it. Well, I know about that stuff. You ain't ready for this. You got first period for some of you guys, right? And next you know, you got that one person in that period. And they're talking about you. They joke with you. They try to roast you. And all of a sudden on Monday, you don't feel love anymore. On Monday, that love you had on Friday, totally gone. You put that stuff in a charm box and you leave it for Friday. And then Friday comes, you run to the door and it's like love is all over your face again. You're like, oh. And you come here like, Pastor Steve, I'm ready to love you, dude. I'm like, dude, well, how was your week? Not so good. No love this week. They gave me no love. But I love you. And I'm going to show you love in this church. But when I leave, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put love back in the charm box. And that's what we do. We wait for Valentine's and we wait for these special occasions. We wait for Bay to give us some kind of ring or some kind of charm or a little bubblegum ring or whatever. Like, oh, snap, I feel love again. That stuff is not real love. It's not real love. And that's what I want to talk about. I was talking with my son. What was this, son, yesterday? I was talking to Josiah yesterday. I asked Josiah some real solid questions. And I want you guys to think about this. And I said, Jojo, you've been in the series, right, since day one. Right in the house, he gets the he gets the the the, the preview of the series because he always asks me, Bob, what you preaching on tomorrow? And I got to give it to him and stuff. So he gets the preview of it. But then I asked him a question yesterday. And I said, Jojo, how many times this week did you deal with low self-esteem? How many times this week did you deal with depression or suicidal thoughts or whatever? How many times? And he said, Dad, every day. Every day, Dad. Every day. And I'm like, why? What happens when you go through this, man? And mind you, he's been through the love series. He said, man, I love Jesus. You know what I mean? He's been doing a thing, right? And many of you guys here, if I pull you guys one by one into this office over here, right? If you make it to the office, you done made it to the big leagues. That means you're getting rebuked, correct, trained, everything. But if I pull you in the office and I ask you the same question, right? Like, Abel, man, how many times did you fall off into depression or, or this, that, and the other? And how many days would you say, man, I, I, three days, man? Four days, or this whole week, it's been rough this week. And his answer was that. Yesterday he told me that. And I said, why? What was going through your head? And he said, well, I remembered all the people that, even though I know they're messing around, but in my mind, it, it translated as I'm ugly. All right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But he responded. He said, man, you know, I, I thought about all the stuff that, you know, they messed with me and stuff like that. And they said, I'm ugly or I'm this and the other. And he said, I started replaying that in my brain. And he said, in turn, that caused me to feel depressed. Caused me to feel suicidal, depressed, you know, low self-esteem, insecurity started to settle in. And I said, well, what do you do? What is, what is the voices, you know, what, like, what, what is being spoken to at that time? And he says, well, it just keeps going. It says, I'm nothing. I'm not going to amount to nothing. You know, and, and he hears these things being told to him. And obviously, it's coming from the enemy. But yet, he's been in this series of love the whole time. He was here for the worship conference, right? Doing the thing, right? Experience God's love. But yet this whole week, he dealt with insecurities. He dealt with depression. He dealt with suicidal thoughts. 
How can, how can we then be in an experience like this, loving God, but yet the whole week we put God away? We put God's love away. You see, and that is the point that I want to make tonight, is that we got to go past this flesh, man. We got to go past our feelings. God wants to go beyond all this that we see, all this that's in front of us, all this that's right here coming against us. Do you hear what I'm saying, Terrion? All this stuff that's going on, God needs to get past all that, and he wants to get past all that, and he wants to get to the heart, the very being, the center of our being. Because he knows if I don't get in there, if you don't let me in the center of your being, allow my love to go in you and cast out that fear, I could only deal with you on this side of the fence. And really, only like, you know, a couple of darts here and there, but really his internal, his center being will always be messed up as long as God is not the center of his being. See, as long as insecurity and everything else is there, God is not then allowed permission to go in there because you'd rather be insecure. You'd rather be uh, having suicidal thoughts. You'd rather be having going through depression than actually experiencing the love of God. And see, God is not a strong arm man. He's not going to gangster his way into a heart to say, you're going to let me in this heart and I'm going to deliver you from fear. You would probably think that's a good thing. Like, Lord, do it right now. Just take it, Lord, gangster it. He's not going to do that, even though some of us would like him to do that. He's not going to do that. He's going to wait as a gentleman will and say, man, all you have to do is ask me, son or daughter. You ask me into your heart and I will go in there. You ask me to go in there and drive out that fear, I will do it. But see, many of us don't ask. And because we don't ask, we don't have. The Bible says seek, right? Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open, right? That is what the Bible is calling us to ask him. But we never do when we come across those situations as many of us experience even this week. And so I want to take us to Ephesians chapter 3, verse, 20, verse 14 to 21. I'm sorry, verse 14 to 19. And we're going to park it here because this is going to give us the how-to, right? It's not, I'm not, I don't want to just give you guys, oh, man, love is this, love is that. But it's like, man, well, well, how do I do this when I'm going through the actual things that I go through on a daily basis or on a weekly basis? How do I do this? And see, Paul right here just gives it to us so gracefully, so plain that I had to go through this verse by verse. And here it is. I'm going to read it all entirely so you guys can get the bigger picture of it. And then we're going to start giving the, the little pictures of it, our food, if you are spiritual food, so we can know how we can know love. Amen? And here it is. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. How many of y'all like this? Y'all ain't ready for that. Look at Brian's like, dude, you don't even know, dude. Verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your where? In your inner, can you guys see that? In your inner being, right? It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, right? There it is right there. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
Paul wants us to get to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It is an invitation that he's given us. He is praying for us just as he was praying for the Ephesians. He was thinking about all of them. He was praying for the saints that we may know the love that surpasses knowledge. He is inviting the Ephesian church to say, dude, you can get to know this love. I invite you. God is inviting you to get to know his perfect love. But just like any invitation, if I send an invitation to my party, well, hopefully all y'all will come, but many of y'all won't come, right? Even though you get the invitation doesn't mean that you'll come, right? Brian will be playing soccer. Somebody else over here will be playing football. Abel, that's you, right, football? Abel will be playing football, hurting his knee. Then he come back, I got to heal the brother, you know what I mean? Some people doing cheerleading and stuff, soccer, and I'm, all these other excuses to not come and answer the invitation, just like we make with Jesus Christ. But yet alone, God is inviting us and say, man, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And now you guys got the bigger picture here, right? Paul talking to the Ephesian church and talking to them about a love that surpasses knowledge, a love that you can't even understand with your physicalness or the earthliness of this love. It only can come from God Almighty, amen? And this is what he says, man. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name, right? The first part we must go, if you can go back to that, there we go, that, that first, uh, verse 14. What is the very first thing that he says he does before the Father? Right? You can say it out loud. Don't be scared. Kneel. He kneels before the Father. Before he starts anything, he tells the Ephesian church, I kneel. Because of this reason, I kneel before the Father. Right? He can kneel anywhere, but he knew automatically, I'm kneeling before the Father because the Father is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You go in your room. You go in your washroom. You go in your, uh, your closet. You kneel before the Father because the Father is there the moment you say in Jesus' name. The moment you say in Jesus' name, Father, I come to you, you have entered into the presence of God, and you are now in front or before God the Father. And see, the important parts of this that Paul is trying to get us to know, in order to receive and experience this kind of love, in order to know this kind of love, is that we must kneel first before the Father. See, it don't have to just be a literal kneeling before the Father, but he's letting the people of Ephesians know, just like he's letting us know, that you must humble yourself before God Almighty. You see, God is not going to gangster himself, take your heart and say, take my love right now. Have it, know it right now, and shove it down our throats. He's not going to do that. But what he will do is that he would recognize somebody who is willing to humble themselves, kneel before the Father in humility, and say, God, I need your love. Because the love I've been receiving, the love I've been giving is not real love at all. And I need your love, Father. And it's actually acknowledging to God Almighty and showing reverence to the Father, kneeling before him, that God, you alone are my Father. You alone are God Almighty. You alone are sovereign with the ability to give me who I am. And I kneel before you now. And I ask, Father, help me. Help me. Fill me with your love. I want to know your love. And he's given us the process in which we receive or line ourselves up in direction toward God Almighty. We must humble ourselves, put ourselves aside, put the pride aside. We, know we ought not to be saying, no, I'm going to do this on my own. 
I remember when I first got incarcerated for this, for this crime that I committed when God saved my life. When I was in a cop car, before I even made it to the county jail or anything, the very first thing I said was, I would not see God. Why did I even say that? I don't even know. But it was like the devil was setting me up. And I did opposite of kneeling before God. I said, no, I would do it on my own. I would do it on my own. Because it was a heinous crime I was facing a lot of time. And the first thing people do is, God, help me. God, you know, don't fox old prayers. God, help me. But then when it's over, it's like, where's God? It's like, I don't care. Just pass me the blunt. I want to get high. I just got out of jail. And I did that 13 times. 13 times I was incarcerated. 13 times. And yet that last time when God came and visited me in that cell and gave me that invitation, I said, Father, I will go. Save my life. And he saved my life. Amen. And so we must kneel before the Father. And then it goes on and says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. That word, the name part right there, has significance in this culture. When they named their children, it had meaning and purpose and identity. Just like in the Old Testament. When they named you, it could be the craziest name. Like they named one dude Harry. Like, dude, your name is Harry. You just a hairy red child. Your name is Harry. And they named him Esau. I'm not even lying. This is in the Bible, like legit in the Bible. Your name is Esau because you are a hairy guy. He was just, he, he came out, froed out, whole body, just hairy. Bam. I would have threw that. I'm going to put him back in. You're going in. You need some more time in there to come back out when you got no hair. But he was hairy. They named him Esau. His brother was named Jacob. Jacob meant surplanter or schemer. So it's like literally you walking around, and they just gave the man a real name, like for a nickname. Like, you know, you nickname your guy, like, do you scheme? We do scheme. You know, you, he lives on the second floor. You're like, schemer, yo, come down, do this, chill. You schemer, it's a nickname, right? But this is like legit his real name. So man, he's walking around, his name is just schemer. Like, schemer, come here. Imagine his mom. Schemer, put your foot over here, right? So his name was schemer. So his name was, was, uh, uh, went together with his identity. It was with his purpose. So what did he do? This brother scammed away, right? Jay thinks he's a little scammer, right? But Jacob was more of a scammer than Jay. This man right here scammed his brother, scammed his father. This man scammed his uncle. He was just scamming everybody. This man was a straight-up scammer until he came face-to-face with God Almighty. God changed his name and gave him an awesome name, amen? So the thing is, what is God trying to tell us here through Paul? What is he trying to say with his name? And what he's trying to say is that, a uh, name basically is meaning getting our very identity, purpose, and means from God and not from this world or the enemy and father of lies. You see, I'm going to tell you something with JoJo this week, right? You don't mind me using it, Joe? I'm your dad. I could do it anyway. So the thing is, right, with JoJo, right, this whole week the enemy was lying to him. And he was saying, no, your name is insecurity. Your name is depression. Your name is suicidal, and that is how you're going to live your life. That is how your purpose is going to be. That is what your identity is going to be. And so, therefore, the father of lies, who is Satan himself, gave him a name that was contrary to the name that God had given him according to the word in love. And see, well, what we must do is we must kneel before God the Father first, and two, we must recognize and be able to receive our identity from God himself. 
Our identity and our purpose must come from God himself. And therefore, when we get our identity, purpose, and means from God, he is able then to love us and tell us who we are in love. He is able to show us so we can get to know love himself. And so therefore, if Jojo this week would have did this, kneel before the Father and acknowledge and was ready to receive his identity from the one who gave him his name, he would have been able to receive truth from God Almighty. He would have been able to receive the perfect love that cast out fear in his life. And he would have went to the Father, and the Father would have said, no, your name is not insecurity. Your name is not um, uh, suicidal or depression. Your name is none of those things. In fact, your name is under the name Jesus Christ. You are a conqueror. You are a victor. You are loved by me, by all means, by an unconditional love, by a conquering love, and this is who you are. And so after that, he would have been able to rise up and say, no, I'm not insecure. No, I'm not suicidal. I am not depressed. I am loved by Almighty God. And after that, he would have never went through what he went through this week. He would have been able to have victory and experience and know the love of God in his life. But see, something happened with Jojo and just with all of us here is that when those times come, we don't say anything. We don't kneel before the Father. We accept the lies that come from us, that come from fear and the liar himself, who is the devil. And so we believe that we're a schemer. We believe that we got to make a name for ourselves in this world according to the world. We got to stand up for ourselves in pride and not let anybody disrespect us in any kind of way. Or we're going to do something to you. We live up to these kind of lies that the enemy puts at us. And next you know we're suspended in school. We're kicked out. We're failing grades. We're not able to graduate. Now we got to do another year. You know what I mean? Some of us are believing the lies. We become sinners. You know, watching pornography, sexual, immoral. And we start believing the identity that the world gave us. And that identity is contrary to what God would give us. And so the next one we must see is that Paul's prayer was that we first are strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being or heart so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that's in verse 16 and 17 in the first part. And this is what God is trying to tell us. That we must, God must be allowed to be our very strength and our power that depends on the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts or inner being where is the center of all our emotions, feelings, beliefs, which drives us, etc. We receive strength and power when we listen and rely on the Holy Spirit who leads us to the truth. You see, God is tired of being on the outside and messing with his skin. He wants and must be in the inside of us so he can encourage us to remove all the lies from the enemy and that we can then rely or have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our hearts through faith. Through faith. But see, we're constantly pushing God out because we're accepting the lies that are coming in. And we don't allow God to be the strength or the power in our lives. we rather roll over and just say, Satan, just have your way. I'm tired of fighting. I'm depressed right now. You got me. Just take my life. Do what you want to do. And we just roll over and we let the snake just begin to eat us from our head down to our toe, just like he does on Animal Planet. I love that stuff. And the snake would just eat that little rat, right? Just eat him. And it's almost like the rat just kind of, you ever seen, how many people seen that, what I'm talking about? Right? You know what I'm talking about? The stuff is awesome. It's just awesome. I just just love it. But the thing with the rat, he just lays, he just rolls over and says, just take me, dude. Like, he'll bite him one time, and it's like, ooh, the, the venom starts going in him, and he just looks at the, uh, the, uh, the snake, and it's just like, 
you know, just, just take me, dude. I just, brother ain't got no cheese. I haven't ate in three days. Like, dude, just take me, dude. And then, sure enough, the snake comes and takes him. That's exactly what happens to us. We roll over to that snake called the devil, and we said, you know, devil, just have you. I got no fight in me. I got no strength. I got no power because we don't have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we just roll over and we said, Satan, just eat me. Have your way. And inevitably, people end up committing suicide, killing themselves, and going through all type of craziness because we just roll over rather than having the Holy Spirit be our power and our strength in our hearts. And so the next one, he says, when we allow the Spirit to do his part in our lives, we are able to have true faith in Christ that he is with us and therefore not just talk of him. Hear this now. I need everybody to listen to me here, right? Not just talk of him. See, many of us in here are just talking of Jesus. We're t- we talk of him. Yeah, I know Jesus. I, you know, I go to church on Fridays. Sometimes I go, and we talk about the Christian walk. We talk about God Almighty. But none of us are living what God is talking about. None of us are applying it to our lives. We'll talk about God and, yeah, I'm a Christian by, by default. And, you know, hey, when I go to the hospital, we're national, or we're, uh, we're religious. Oh, I'm a Christian. And, but, yeah, in your life, you see no evidence of Christianity. There's none. So we love to talk about Jesus. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm this. Yeah, I'm that. But there is no heart responding to Jesus in action of our lives. You see, it gets real quiet when I talk about some truth like that. Because inevitably, that is what we have become in our generation. People that just woof a lot. We throw out woof tickets and stuff like that. We make it rain with woof tickets. But none of us is willing to put our foot in the ground and say, I am a Christian and you will know me by the way I live my life. That I belong to Jesus Christ. You will know me by the way I love. That's what Jesus says. You will know, they will know you belong to me by the way you love. But yet none of us want to choose to love in here. We'd rather choose to act like the world and give some bootleg love, hate people, talk about people, gossip about people, but won't, ain't willing to stand as men and women and say, hey, I'm going to choose to love you sacrificially, just the way God chose to love me. And so what happens with individuals like that? We end up having, so we have him in our hearts and active in our lives always. I'm sorry, but let me move up a little bit. So we talk of him, but we have him in our hearts and active in our lives always. Faith in what? He talked about that, having Jesus Christ in our hearts through faith. And what is that faith in? In God. Yes, his word, his love. That's what he says. His faith in what? In God's word and love for us. It cannot just be some emotional experience of tears and overwhelming feelings. It must be real. It must be real. It must be life from the inside out, beyond the flesh, or temporary emotions and feelings. But a dedication to Jesus Christ and his love. An active faith that trusts in Jesus Christ and his love for us according to his word. See, the thing is, sisters, brothers here, man, family. Family. I consider us family because we are all under one father. Right? Just like it said in the Bible. One family. We are family. And God is the one who gives us our name under Jesus Christ. We are under his great name. So family, this is what's going on here. We're talking about Jesus. We're saying all these things. We're having emotional experiences in worship time and things like that. We're experiencing God emotionally. I see many of you guys shed tears, cry. 
get on your knees and weep unto the Father after I pray on you. I go talk to you afterwards, and you're crying like, man, it was so emotional today. But then what happens on Monday? What happens on Tuesday? What happens on Wednesday and Thursday before Elevate? What happens? We fail. We forget about that love that was loving us that day. The same love that drives out the fear. We forget about that. And see, what God is saying is that we must have God in our hearts through faith. We must believe in him. Not because of nothing, just, just blind faith. No, real faith. Faith in the fact that God loves us so much that we are conquerors in him. That no matter what we go through, God is always there. No matter who's talking about you, no matter who's saying this, that, or the other, accusing, whatever it is, when we know the love of God, nothing can hold us back. Nothing can cause us to be depressed or suicidal or insecure. Nothing. Because we know that we are loved by the best, the one who is love. And then moving on, it says, Paul continues to pray that we are rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love. It says, rooted is the same as roots from a tree that are deep in the ground that allows the tree to sprout upward based on how deep the roots are. We are to be rooted deeply in the love of God that nothing in this world is able to uproot us. Do you guys understand that? How many people know about biology and all that stuff? You guys took classes of this stuff, right? So you guys know where roots are, right? Because some of y'all are like, dude, I don't even mess with roots, dude. I don't even get down with roots. Roots, man, plants, trees. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? These trees that we see in Chicago, especially the real tall ones, the big ones, their roots, when you do the study, right, you guys know biology, how big are their roots, these tall trees? Does anybody know the answer? You guys know biology, you don't even know the answer. What is that? Does anybody know? Your brother just said huge. That's a cop out, dude. And they're huge. Steve, they're huge. That's all I know is they're huge. Well, in fact, right, as tall as those trees are, they say the roots are as the same height as those trees. So as tall as you see that tree, that's how far down the roots go. So when wind blows and we have all these little crazy Chicago weather, that tree ain't going nowhere because the roots are so deep inside the ground that nothing can uproot it. No matter what storm, no matter what persecution, no matter who says what, no matter what the devil throws at you, past, present, future, it don't make a difference that you will not be uprooted because you have the love of God as your roots, the ground in which you are rooting yourself in. It's God's love. And see, the question is, are you rooted in God's love? Or is it just a surface thing that the enemy's got to come in, kick the door down, and push you, and you just fall? Ah, ah, help me. I don't, ah. And then just, he just starts eating you again. The snake just starts eating you. We must be rooted in God's love, rooted deep inside his love. The next one is established. It is the same as a building sitting on a foundation that is immovable and lasting. You see the Sears Tower and Trump Towers. Some of you guys don't even want to hear the name Trump, but Trump Towers. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Big buildings, skyscrapers, right? They're sitting on a foundation that is so intact that that building is not going anywhere. Even though you see, man, like, dude, it's going to fall at any time. It's going to fall at any time. It is not going to fall because it is on a foundation that is solid and immovable. Solid and immovable. It is... It said the love of God must be our foundation, which we all sit and rest on. 
never to be shaken or moved by anything that comes against us because we are on solid foundation of God's love, rooted and established on God's love. You see, and how does this look like? What, what are you saying, Pastor Steve? What are you saying? This is what I'm saying. When the enemy starts coming and we're rooted and grounded, right, or established in God's love, that very thing that you're facing and going through cannot affect you at all. Because you go right back to the love of God and say, yeah, you say this, but my God said this. You may say that about me or whatever, but it's not true because my God says this. You may say I look like this. You may say I feel like this. You may say whatever you want to say. You may do whatever you want to do, but my God has done this for me. My God loves me. He died for me. He resurrected for me. He gave me everlasting life, and I have perfect love inside of me. That is a love that is rooted and grounded. That is a person that is rooted and grounded in love. That nothing can move you. Whether life, death, persecution, angels, demons, it don't make a difference. You are immovable because you are in the love of God. Rooted and grounded on solid foundation, which is God's love. That means we go back and we always look to the love of God. God loves me. His word says he loves me. He died for me. He gave me everlasting life. He sealed me up. Nobody can remove me out of his hand. He loves me. And we always go back to God's love because that must be our foundation. It must be in which we're grounded in the love of God. It says we have power with the Lord's holy people to grasp, to take uh, and hold something or to understand something. That's what it means to grasp. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. See, you could summarize this. You know, a lot of scholars, they want to, you know, they talk about the, you know, the, the specifics of it, of width and long and high and deep. And, and I even, I chose to talk about it here. We're going to get into that right now. But you can sum all this up in one word. And that's fullness. The love of God meets every area, situation. Past, present, future, everything. If you could think about this building and think about how high it is, how long it is, how wide it is, God's love fills every facet of this building. Meaning he can meet, his love will meet every need, every desire, every longing, every dream, every vision, everything you go through in life, God's love can meet it and is there to meet that need. It is there to meet what you went through in the past. It is there to heal your heart from a broken heart. It is there to give you perfect love. It is there to cast out fear. It is there to remove insecurities. It is there to move judgment and condemnation. It is there to, to correct all the wrongs that you have done. It is there to save your very soul. It is the love of God. And it fills everything. It is full. It is vast. There is no it surpasses knowledge because you can't even comprehend it. It's fullness of it. It's as far as the east and the west because God forgives you as far as that. You can't even comprehend it. Just like we can't even comprehend eternity. But yet love goes on even into eternity. How can we comprehend something like that? But God's love is full like that. It says God is calling us to take and hold his love and understand how wide it is to cover all our experiences and everything we have been through, going through, and will go through, good or bad. Think about that. That's how wide God's love is. You may think God can never love me. I murdered somebody. 
It's like the greatest sin you can do. I raped somebody or whatever. I did these things. God can never love me. And God is saying, no, I can love you. My love is wide. It covers all your experiences, good and bad. It says how long his love is in that it lasts for all our lives into eternity. How high it is in that it is able to go above everything in this world, above all enemies, above all things, all foes, anybody that comes against you. His love is able to go above that and to put us into the heavens itself. Right in God Almighty, right next to the Father in Jesus Christ. That's how awesome his love is, is that you can experience heaven on earth right now because of his love. Because of his love. That's how he loves us. You can know love just like this if you but ask. If you but ask and receive. It says how high it is, how deep it is, and that no matter how far you have fallen, listen to me right now. It doesn't matter how far you have fallen in sin or how deep you have dug yourself in. God's love is able to meet you where you are at. See, some of us have backslid about 15, 20 times. Came to church, God forgive me, go back out, smoke more weed, come back Friday, God forgive me, I had sex this week, go back out, have more sex, come back the next, the next week, God forgive me, I smoke crack, God, you know, and keep on going from there. And we fall and dig another hole, another hole, and dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we get to the point like, God, I can't take it no more. But will your love even come down here? And God's answer is yes. It doesn't matter where, how far deep you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be sin. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how bad somebody has hurt you. It doesn't matter how wrong they have wronged you. No matter how shattered your heart is right now and how deeply broken you are right now, God's love is able to go down deep, deep, deep and love you even there and repair you to bring you back high, high above all things. Amen. That is God's love. That is what we're talking about here. This is the love that we can know. Says God is calling us to experience his fullness by knowing his love and experiencing his love always and in all circumstances and situations. Not just on Friday or Sunday. That once Monday comes again and we are at school or at work and the love of God is deleted or put on hold until Friday and Sunday come again. It is the ability to remember the perfect love of God always and apply his love to everyday life that when things happen, we can stay calm and apply the love of God to said circumstance or situation, whether good or evil. See, that's the kind of love I love to operate in. It is a perfect love. That I can go to work and they can say, Stephen, today's your last day. You are fired. I can walk out still with the love of God and say, well, God, you close this door. You're going to open up another door. Another door. God, because you love me. Because you love my kids. Because you love my family. God, you can do this. See, many of us, we, we approach circumstances and situations and we totally forget about the love of God. Somebody in your classroom can be talking mad about you. You're this, you're that, you're the other, you're this, you're that, and just throw you under the bus. And right there and then, you have a choice to make. You could either listen to their stupidity and honor their lies, real talk, and let that affect your heart. Or you could say, you know what? I don't care what you're talking about, dude, because God's love is in my heart. 
and he loves me, and he loves me, and he loves me. And he loves me. And he will continue to love me. He created me. He fearfully and wonderfully made me in my mother's womb. I am who I am because of the love of God. I am saved today because of God's love. And see, we must go back to the love of God. You may lose a job. You may lose a house. You may lose an apartment. You may lose a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a family member to death. And yet alone, God is saying, my love will meet you where you at. That not even death can separate my love from you. Not even death. Not even life. But we must choose to apply it and experience it and know it in our lives. Apply it personally. Not just something that's in the air, not just something you talk about, and then when the going gets tough, it's like, yeah, I don't know, man, dude, I'm just going to kill myself. I can't take it. See, what happened to the love you claim to have? What happened to the love that God has for you, man? Why don't you grab a hold of that rather than grab a hold of the negativity? And this is what God is saying. He is calling us. He is inviting us. God desires us to know this love and that surpasses all knowledge. Not that we cannot know this love and that it surpasses knowledge, but that we can and should pursue knowing this love. Many of us, hear this in closing. Many of us, if I can get Stephanie up here. Many of us are in a situation right now. Right now, it may be your parents. You may be on the brink of losing your home, losing your school, failing your grade. Whatever the case may be, right now, you may be going through these situations. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what God told me to tell you guys. That many of us are in a situation that God alone put on our path as a means or opportunity to get to know this love. He is thinking about, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not thinking about he has allowed you to be in your situation right now, to go through what you're going through right now as an opportunity to get to know his love. See, for some of you guys, man, you guys are acting so crazy. Well, you can't even get this stuff, man. But you guys are in a position to experience the true love of God in your lives right now through this situation. And all you have to do is turn to God, bend the knee before God Almighty. And say, God, love me. God, love me with your perfect love through this situation. I believe that I'm going to see your love in this situation. This is what I'm talking about when I say that we can know love personally in our lives and be able to give love in return, not just to others, but even to ourselves. Getting to know love for ourselves by allowing God to love us and loving God in return. This ain't no fairy tale. This is not a joke. This is real life right here. And I know many of you guys, man, you laugh, you kick it or whatever, you know what I mean? You do whatever you're doing. But I'm going to give you a reality check right now, especially this group over here, right, because I love you guys. This stuff is so real, right? And people wish, people in hell right now wish they could experience God's love the way he's giving it to you guys right now. Right? They wish. They wish right now, bro. And yet you guys are in a youth service right now, and God is speaking to you guys right now about his love. And yet we look at it, and it's like, yeah, whatever, man. I like this better. I like little Drake. I like Drake better. I like this dude better. I like what the kind of love they're talking about. I like the bootleg love. I got used to it. I'm strong held to it. I'm addicted to it. 
And God is saying you're addicted to the wrong kind of love that only leads to destruction and hell. I have a love that will break those chains from your life. And you will be love and experience love like you never had before. Your life will have meaning. Your life will have purpose now. You will be able to dream again, to hope again, to envision again. If you but experience the love of God, this is what it is to live a Christian life. I'm not no superhero. The leaders here are no super people. All we did was we did exactly what Paul did. We bended our knee and we say, Father, we're before you, God. Save our life. Fill us up. Be my Lord and Savior. And God, I accept your love. I accept your sacrifice. I accept your choice to die for me. Now save me, God, so I can experience your love, a love that I never had before. Many of us don't even have fathers in our home. And we can never know what a father's love is according to this world. But we have a father in heaven who said, I will be a father to the fatherless. And I can love you way better then any earthly father can love you if you but give me that opportunity. You see, you ask me, it says that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. We are able to be filled with God to the fullness when we put God's love on the front lines of our, all our experiences, circumstances, situations, through faith in his word and love for us as his children on a daily basis. We have to walk in love. Everywhere we go, every class we take, every move we wake, wherever we're at, we must operate in the love of God and put it before us. Because when we put love before us, that is what we see God's love. We don't see the enemy attacking us. We don't receive that kind of junk. We don't receive a, this, this, this dude trying to love on us the wrong way, this girl trying to love on me the wrong way. No, I see the love of God, perfect love of God standing in front of me, and he loves me. It becomes our shield in life. His love. It is the foundation of Christianity as a whole. His love. And in conclusion, this is what happens when we begin to know his love and love God in return. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He works all things for the good of of those who love him, not those who play games with him, not those who kind of push him to the side and say, yeah, God, I ain't with all that. I, I, I like you, but yeah, all that love stuff, man, I still want to do me right here. No, to those that love him, he works out all things to the good, to those who have been called according to God's purpose, not yours. See, God's purpose for us is to walk in love. It's to put love before us and experience God's love and experience that love relationship between God and us. Will you be willing to do that today if you all can stand up? Will you respond to the love that God has given and been giving us by knowing and experiencing his love on a daily basis? Will you do that today? And stop allowing yourself to be beat up by the enemy. Insecurities, depression, mutilation, anything that you're going through negatively, sin, sexual morality. Will you allow God's love to take that from you? His love. If that is you, then I would say, as Paul said to us and instructed us, come and bow your knee before the Father. 
Come and bow your knee before the Father and let him give you his love that gives you identity, purpose, and means. Have you been only going through the motions of God's love but never really allowing yourself to experience the love of God and living in the love of God? Is that you? If that's you, then again, come and bow your knees before God and ask and then receive in faith the love of God. And come to know the love that comes from the Father that once applied to your life. We will allow you to experience God to the fullest. See, I want to experience God to the fullest in every situation, good or bad. I want to see God's love there, man. And see, it's all fun and dandy when everything is good and all the roses are blossoming and it's summertime and the birds are chirping and you got butterflies all over the place. Like, dude, I'm so good right now. I'm like in such a good place. But then after that, a fire comes. A fire comes and burns all that up. And then where you're at? Who are you then? Who are you when the smiles are gone and you have no happiness coming because things are not happening? And you have no happiness because your happiness was based upon your outer situations. But when those things get burnt up, then what do you rely on, man? What's, what's left then? I'm going to tell you what's left. It's nothing. Because God's love is perfect and it's full, man. It's wide. It's long. It's high. It's deep. It fills up everything. Will you accept that love today? If that is you, then I want to invite you to come here and do exactly what God said. Bend your knee before the Father. Bend your knee. Humble yourself. Put your pride aside. Put all the jokes aside. Put all the stupidity aside. And bow your knee before the Father. And ask God, save my life. Be in my inner man. Save my life. Fill me. Strengthen me. Give me power in my inner man. So I can hold on to faith and experience your love in all my situations so I can know love and be loved. Will that be you? And I would say, come by your knee before the Father. It ain't for me. It ain't for the leaders. It ain't for the church. This is your life, your soul. This is your life, your soul. You want to get one on this earth, your life, your soul. Would you bow the knee before the Father and humble yourself and say, God, help me. Help me experience your love. Because that's what it's about, family. This Christian life, man, the foundation is love. It's experiencing God's love first. And then going out and loving others the way God loves you. And loving yourself better. And full with the perfect love of God. That's love. That's God's love. Let's get us to know. Let us know that love. The love of God. Amen pray right now. If that's you, you want to come to the front and bow your knee. And I would say, come and join me because I'm bowing my knee too. And the Bible says, man, one day we're all going to bow our knee. You're going to bow right here or he's going to make you bow in heaven. And after that, he's going to pick you up. If you're not saved, he's going to throw you, literally throw you into the lake of fire. Okay, I'm not trying to scare the hell out of you, but I am. But I am. Because the truth of the matter is, it says that every knee will bow. This is Jesus talking. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You could do it now or you could do it when you're standing in front of Jesus himself. And he says, bow to me. 
and you will bow in front of him. And you will say with your own tongue, with your own mouth, you are Lord, you are Savior. After that, angels will come and they will throw you into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And after that, that's it. See, I don't know about you guys, man. I'd rather bow now. I'd rather bow today and for the rest of my life until Jesus come back and take me. And I go in glory with him. But this ain't no joke for me, guys. This is life for me. This is eternal life for me. I don't take this as no joke. This ain't funny. And I don't take you guys as no joke. Because this ain't, that you guys' lives ain't funny to me either. I'm going to tell you guys that. It's not funny to me. It doesn't please me if you guys die and go to hell. I'm going to tell you that. I preach the way I preach. I love God the way I love God. I obey God the way I obey God. Not just for my sake, but for your sake. Because your soul, your life is at stake. And that is the truth, man. So if that is you, come and bow the knee. Come and bow the knee. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, have your way, Lord. I have preached your word. I have spoken what you would have me to speak, God. Now, Father, I believe that your word will not come back void, God. I ask that, Lord God, you will save souls, that you will save lives, and that, God, even today, they will bow their knee to the Father. That they will bow their knee to you, God, and that they will receive your love. That they will receive their identity, their purpose, their means from you, God. I pray that you will fill every heart, every inner man with strength and power. That, God, you will strengthen them to be able to grasp, Lord God, your love. To grasp it, God. To take a hold of it, God. And to allow it, Lord God, to give them who they are in you. To show them your love, God. That they would experience it and know it for themselves, God, in everyday life, in everyday circumstances and situations. God, be glorified. And Lord, I ask, God, that you would come in my heart, that you would strengthen me, Holy Spirit, with power in my inner man. That, Lord, I will continue to hold on as well, God. Lord, I don't want just some emotional experience. I don't just want tears, God. God, I want life. I want you, God. I want you, Savior, Messiah, Jesus Christ. I want your love, God. I want it for the rest of my life, God. I want your eternity, God. And I need you in my life, God. And I pray, Lord, that you will go all beyond this flesh, that you will go into my inner being, my inner man, and that you would make me alive, Jesus, for you, God. And I pray you will do the same for every man, every woman in this place, God. Remove the pride, God. Break every heart, God. Break every chain, God. And allow them, Lord God, to be addicted to your love, God. Let them be high on you, God, in the name of Jesus. Have your way, God. Break every chain. Break every false love, God. Break every, Lord God, thing that is not of you in their lives. Break it, God. And I pray, God, make us whole, God. Let us receive and experience the fullness of God as we experience your love in our lives to the fullest, God. Oh, Abba, Father, have your way. Let us do it your way and not our way, God. Let us bend the knee before you, God, in humility and humble ourselves and lift your name on high. Have your way in this place, God. I thank you, Father. 
I praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Have your way.